0: Welcome to Manage This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. Every two weeks, we like to come together and talk about what matters to you, whether you're a seasoned veteran in project management or a newcomer to the field. It's a chance to take a step back and try to get a fresh and objective look at the state of the industry and our role in it. I'm your host, Nick Walker, and with me are two guys who always seem to be playing an ever-expanding role in project management, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. And Andy, it looks like you're going to be able to put on your nerd hat today. We've got a good cast today.
1: You know, I'm excited to have Jesse on the podcast, and also uh, it surprises me that we've gone this far and not had him on, so it's long
0: overdue. Yep. Jesse Fuel is an author, he's a coach, and a trainer in the domain of innovation, collaboration, and agility. He's the founder of VirtuallyAgile.com and has been instrumental in helping project teams all over the world succeed and improve their results. He also founded the original PMI Agile Community of Practice, co-created the PMI-ACP Agile Certification, and co-authored the software extension to the PMBOK Guide. Jesse is the world's only certified project management professional to hold the expert-level designations of Certified Scrum Trainer and Certified Collaboration Instructor. He's the author of Can You Hear Me Now? Working with Global Distributed Virtual Teams. Jesse, welcome to Manage This.
2: Man, I want to meet that guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Impressive resume there. But I, I love a quotation from your website. It says, Everywhere I go, this is what you say, everywhere I go, I see breakdowns and breakthroughs, idiocy and innovation, pain and promise. I believe, you say, the difference between the two is leadership and whether our managers actually do it well. All right, that might sound simple, but if it were, I I doubt if you'd have to devote a career to it.
2: Uh, Yeah, I say those things because it reflects what for me was a pivot point in my career, which was um, switching from being an individual contributor on a technology team um, to moving into project management. Um, And it was a critical moment where exactly what you just happened, that there was some stupid things and some amazing things. And Mm. then I realized I could be the greatest engineer in the world and our projects are still going to fail because of leadership issues. And so (laughs) I traded my t-shirt, my programmer's t-shirt collection for the project manager's blazer and never looked back (laughs) because (laughs) I figured that's how I could have an impact and uh, just amplify results rather than, um, no matter good, how good I was as a contributor.
0: It's more than a wardrobe change, though, I guess. That, was that transition difficult? Well,
2: I guess perhaps I, uh, I've always been, and, and I think uh, uh, Andy and Bill, you guys can um, relate to this. I've always been the achiever mode kind of person. And maybe perhaps project managers are drawn to the role because of that. Hmm. And so um, when I made the switch, I read every book there was. And, and, <laughs> and I, I started having one-on-ones with my team. I started setting smart goals. And I was just like, I was, I was a little Energizer bunny. Like, I'm going to be the best manager ever. Why? You were that and, guy. <laughs> yeah. So um, the transition was difficult only in with respect to that um, as somebody that had not yet been beaten down and embittered, um, I was uh, I, I was I was moving a little bit too fast for a lot of the people around me.
1: <laughs> Jesse, when I first started to kind of date myself because I think I'm probably a few years uh, your senior. But when I first started, uh, Blanchard's, the one minute manager, was the only. One of those books uh, in publication, I think. So that, uh, that puts it in context. <laughs>
2: and it doesn't take long to read. That's the beauty of it. It's a little book. <laughs> and, and its stuff still resonates today. Yes. It's, it's timeless.
1: Good read, no question. Jesse, we're, um, we're having fun. We are neck deep in the 6th edition PMBOK Guide. And we're going through this, and we're working through looking at how now, uh, you know, PMI's definitely made a move toward Agile, a decided move. Yeah. Now, they did it with the PMI-ACP credential uh, earlier on, years ago, but now it's an obvious, deliberate uh, move with watching the Pimbot guide sort of incorporate agile concepts, incorporate uh, things with it. Um, h- have you had involvement with that? Why I'm so
2: glad you asked. Um, <laughs> this past year, um, it's been it's been um, well over uh, twelve, fourteen months that uh, a lot of this stuff has been underway, and there were two parallel uh, initiatives that were intentionally designed to have overlap between them. One is the Agile content of uh, Pinbox 6, and the other is the, uh, the complementary, supplementary document, the Agile practice guide. And I was um, actively involved in both projects um, on the core teams. And uh, let me first just say that the release of these documents um, represents what I think to be a perfectly incremental <laughs> response to the market by the institute um so how do you like them apples like so you that.
1: you believe this is the final word and uh nothing more can be written that's, that's what i, what heard. I that's no, what i'm here incremental <laughs> incremental right so that means
2: um there's absolutely more to come in fact um and we'll get into the details of each of these two projects momentarily but at the very end uh, um of the agile practice guide, we have an open invitation for brutal feedback. Mm. Um we're very candid and honest about the fact that this is this is our first cut at this. Excellent. And so we expect another addition to that.
1: Hey Jesse, uh you know I got my start in the world of projects as a waterfall guy, no question. And uh so just for listeners who might not know, let me give a thirty second explanation of uh of waterfall, uh plus or minus Two minutes, and why don't you do the same for sort of iterative, uh, adaptive, agile methodologies as well? Um, so, uh, waterfall projects. This is sort of the plan-do-check cycle. Um, this is something that uh, you do a lot of planning up front. You execute, then you monitor and control and come back and make uh, adjustments as necessary. It's typically a lot of heavy uh, upfront work on the planning side. You try and gather as many requirements as you can. And this was the way that things were done for a long, long time in the project world. Um, it's still really a a popular methodology, if you will, especially when you have resource-intensive projects. If you're building a building, a lot of times you want to get all the planning. You want to know what your resources are uh, before you start execution and so forth. And so this made its way into IT and became an interesting fit because in the IT world, Maybe some of the practices weren't always lining up with the methodologies. And finally, some practitioners got together and said, we're, we're going to try a different way. We're going to try instead of this top down sort of uh, project manager controls the team and controls the process and controls the pace. We're going to try a different way. So, Jesse, give us a, a quick uh, um, idea of what that change was.
2: The change um, came about when realizing that a lot of the work, and we'll start with um, the origins of this in IT, a lot of the work in IT is not predictive. It's not plannable um, because you're in innovation work. And by definition, innovation is unprecedented. It is new. It is different. And when you're in the business of innovation, you don't have previous uh, project history to rely upon. So we're going to have to take that plan, do, check, act cycle and compress it and maybe even blitz it. Um, And so you had over the course of the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years, the rise of uh, techniques and concepts like um, rapid application development um, and um, the spiral methodology and uh, by Barry Bohm and and things like that. And and it represented a recognition that um, when the IT field started in the middle of the 20th century, we didn't have anything to go on except Classical project management. Let's try it. Let's go for it. And those were the first mill standards that uh, introduced into IT. And then there was a gradual progression of different double loop learning um, and all of that stuff that started to influence. um, You had the Skunk Works um, in Lockheed Martin that was considered to be like a proto agile uh, shop. And then in 2001, a lot of these uh, IT thought leaders who were experimenting with these things formalized what they each were doing in a silo as a communal, uh, aligned declaration of ways to do work differently. And it really is, in my opinion, uh, the, bu- uh, the word that I use to describe the difference is compression. Um, hmm. We're going to take all the different uh, silos in a project organization and compress them on a single team. We're going to take uh, the timeline. Um, that's maybe a year long or two years long and compress that into a month. And we're going to take um, the work scope that we have and we're going to compress that into something that's lighter weight. Um, we're going to compress the planning to be lighter weight. Um, and, and so from my perspective, and I get, a, I get a lot of flack from agile people about this, the difference between the um, poorly used word waterfall and the poorly used word agile is not in kind, but in degree and uh so that's my take on the big difference between the two and there's absolutely a time and a place Hmm. and we could talk about that too
1: you know uh, jesse the the reality of how that manifests on an agile project is uh the team is different so the team on a waterfall project is a team but they're not necessarily empowered whereas on a on an adaptive project on an agile project The team has the customer embedded as one of the team members and they are empowered and they make real time decisions and get real time data. Things happen. They they really happen a lot more quickly, I would say. Would you agree with that?
2: Right. Um, And that's that's because when you're dealing in the unknown, you have to um, probe and reflect much more often. Um, So like the agile buzzword of a retrospective, you know, it's a lessons learned meeting. Sure, It's just it's the same thing that everybody does. It's just done more uh, more frequently. And um, and the amount of lessons that you learn is compressed and focused down to maybe one or two actions that you're going to take for that coming month. Um, so with respect to the empowered thing. Um, so I did a poll um, to my LinkedIn tribe. Uh, about a month or two ago. And I said, what does agile mean to you? Hmm, hmm. And some people said, agile means empower teams. And somebody said, agile means risk management. And somebody else said, uh, agile means value. <laughs> and by about like three, four dozen responses, not a single one was the same. Hmm. And so agile is in the eye of the beholder. What it's, it means to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so there are a lot of people who are like, self-organizing teams, pff, whatever. That's a means to an end. I need to deliver. And, and other people like, self-organizing teams? No, that's the whole point. That's the, and I don't care if we deliver as long as we enjoy coming to work. Hmm. So it, it all depends on perspective.
1: I, I like that a lot. And Jesse, my dad uh, worked for Lockheed Martin for 36, 37 years. And uh, back before it was Lockheed Martin, when it was just Lockheed, but they had a skunk works uh, called the L11 building. And it was called the black hole, because once you got assigned to L11, nobody was ever seen again. And he got assigned for a period of time to L11, wow. and I was absolutely no panicked way. that we'd never see him again. You know, I, I really believed that this was, yeah. you know, he wouldn't come home anymore. He right. was gone. We'd still get a paycheck. but <laughs> that was, He was gone. That also
2: means we break up families. Right, yeah. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Depending on perspective, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Was that a windowless place that your dad was in? It there? was indeed. Wow. Yeah, most of was windowless because yeah. uh, they didn't want, uh, if bombs were dropped, they didn't want shattered glass to blow in.
3: Mm, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, <laughs> that's a great segue, Jesse. I want to hear about another mysterious organization that you've been involved in called the Agile Alliance. Ooh. How did the Agile Alliance Ooh. and PMI work together and what was your role in that?
2: So as, as we were talking earlier, this, um, these new um, Agile products that PMI has put out have been in the works for uh, well over a year. So about the middle um early uh 2016 a conversation started to emerge. Um within um the core PIMBOK team and within PMI leadership to saying, you know what, it's time. Um we've had we have we've we formalized a natural community first um with the virtual communities um and now with projectmanagement.com, we've offered a credential and it's time. It's time for us to to, to offer some content. Um, So they started asking, who should we partner with? Mm. And it became pretty obvious that when you're the leading NGO organization in the world of management, you want to talk to the leading NGO associated with whatever topic you're dealing with. And that's the Agile Alliance. And they initiated a conversation. And the Agile Alliance has been serving a broad community for a while. And um, and so we're kind of winking and nodding at each other a little bit about the enmity and the animosity between the respective project management and Agile communities. Um, and the Agile Alliance serves a big tent, includes uh, people that are very religious and dogmatic about this stuff, as well as people that are pragmatic and – wait for it – collaborative. Uh-huh. Right. So they started um, – they, 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 they continued conversation, and the idea emerged, which would be that um, – about uh, three or four subject matter experts from each volunteer base. Um, so the Agile Alliance has uh, a their vast and wide volunteer base and the Project Management Institute does as well, would come together in a cross-functional team <clears throat> with support from uh, PMI's publication staff as well as from the Agile Alliance logistics staff and write something. Um, <laughs> And so that conversation was happening, and right about the same time, Pinbox 6 was in full swing, and Mike Griffiths has been a knowledge leader, contributor on that forever, also happens to be an absolute agile pioneer. Um, invented a handful of methodologies around it. Um, and then he um, kind of invited me to be a part of the conversation. And so the two of us were the uh, principal advisors to the core team over at Pinbox 6 about how to inject some Agile content. And um, what, the, what the, uh, the leaders decided was that there was going to be um, a, an appendix at the end of the document to discuss the uh, process groups from an Agile perspective. And that there would be a preamble to each of the knowledge areas to describe the agile perspective on a given knowledge area.
3: And we're talking about the 6th edition PMBOK.
2: 6th edition PMBOK. So Mike Griffiths um, has been a knowledge leader, a thought leader in both communities. And so he was the perfect guy to um, to be the first one on the front. And then... Um, I kind of tapped along because I've kind of volunteered and spoken in the Agile Alliance um, events and communities, and, and as has he. So that's been my uh, involvement with them. Um, so there were really two work tracks, both of which were being um, represented by um, Agile Alliance volunteers and, um, and speakers. Uh, Mike used to be on the board uh, for the Agile Alliance in a previous life. And, um, and I've volunteered for them and spoken for them. So that's been my, um, to answer the original question, that was my involvement with that organization and how we kicked off the, the two parallel initiatives. Jesse,
1: I've got a question for you. Um, I'm neck deep in the 6th edition Pimbot guide now. And uh, as I'm going through it and kind of parsing it word for word and really, really digesting it, uh, one of the things that I'm wondering uh, as I go through it, when you read the PIMBOK guide, if if you can read it and understand it, which you know that's not a trivial thing by itself, it's a technical <laughs> no document. Doubt. It's a an ANSI standard. You know, it's not a it's not a lightweight uh, uh, John Grisham novel that you flip through uh, <laughs> and, and read. But if you read the sixth edition PIMBOK guide cover to cover, let's just take the fifth edition. Let's let's take that one, the one that you know that everybody was familiar with. You read it cover to cover, you at least get an idea for where to begin managing a waterfall project, um, how it works, what processes to do. And I'll say this qualified because there could be a really healthy debate on this, but a general idea of what order to do those processes. That's, that's uh, maybe the most controversial thing I'll say today. But, <laughs> but you get a general flow for how it goes. Um, what were the goals that you and Mike did – When you started feathering in Agile to this, because it came out, uh, here's the here's the point I'm making for the sixth edition. You don't get an idea of um, how to manage an Agile project when you read the the Pimbot guide. Now you do get an idea of the Agile perspective on some of these things.
2: Yeah. So what were the goals? Well, um, so the project, the Pimbot six project, had already been long underway, and the structure of it had already been determined and um and and in fact um Mike and I were approached really close to publication deadline um and so it it's probably unfair to say that the agile content in there was an afterthought um but a stand-up comedian would probably get away with saying that <laughs> right um
3: it was compressed
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. And it was well, ha-ha, just in time delivery. Um and so there was already a structure in in mind and in, in place. And it's my um it's my opinion that um when the first reviewers started looking at this there was a big glare, glaring gaping gap as far as it's relevance to the market. Um the the tagline Andy is uh, most projects most of the time. Right? Yes. <laughs> Agile is now in that part of that conversation. Yeah, um, particularly in the IT space, and now in in, um, uh, in in other spaces, it's increasingly more so. I would say um, we're in the late adopters phase in the IT space with respect to Agile, or the late majority, right? And we're probably in the early adopters for markets like education, project management, and marketing project management. Um, so. That gaping hole needed to be addressed and, hey, let's get the two guys that have been working with us and have been working with them and get them on board as we're initiating a deeper right. conversation about a supplemental document. So part of the reason why the Agile Practice Guide was chartered was precisely because of that, that we needed to create a dedicated space to the Agile conversation that wasn't encumbered by an ANSI standard right. and could be much more flexible and free form. And that's how it played out.
1: You know what? And And this is a... Maybe not the best parallel in the world, but I I don't think I would have done this if I were PMI. And PMI didn't ask my opinion, and that's okay. Uh, My feelings are are not hurt. But I don't think I would have tried to do it because, you know, you go back in history, and Einstein came up with the the special theory of relativity and then the general theory of relativity. And around this time, some really smart other guys, Niels Bohr and, and other guys, came up and started working on quantum mechanics. And we can prove both of them work. Each of those theories works, uh, and yet they 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 don't reconcile with each other really well. And it's not we haven't found a way to uh, to to plot it out on a spectrum and say waterfall lives here and agile lives here. They're two. Oh, but we've tried. We have tried. <laughs> we have, and people try blended approaches, and that can be really tricky to to execute. But you know, Einstein died. Uh, On his deathbed, he was working on a unified field theory, trying, and we've tried ever since to come up with something mathematically that explains how quantum can be true and how relativity can be true. And I think, you know, in a sense, it's right now we figured out it's best to let them both coexist. Mm. And that's the way I feel about Agile and Waterfall. They're both wonderful, uh, wonderful ways, uh, perspectives on a project, how to do a project. And they fit really well. In different environments but to try and blend them and say okay here's where waterfall ends and agile begins and that kind of thing can get you into trouble
2: because it's hard to do that without understanding a lot of the fundamental differences and similarities Um, a lot of people what to do is they'll they'll try to shoehorn one thing into another thing right and call it hybrid Um, and this is actually um, I've been on tour over the last year with Mark Price Perry and Andy Jordan talking about building a hybrid PMO and what does that mean? Because hybrid is another loaded word. Mm. And I believe that – I'll go back to the previous comment. Um, The the differences we're talking about, arguably they fit on a spectrum. I felt like they fit um, on uh, um, a spectrum that didn't make the cut in the document. But it's differences in degree, not in kind. Got it. That's that's kind of my flavor.
3: Jesse, I want to talk about what we do have. Uh, in the 6th edition PMBOK guide and the the Agile practice guide. Uh, I think it's important we've got one of the authors right here, so let's talk about it. So we've mm. got that appendix or that annex that has about six or seven pages in the PMBOK guide, 6th edition, on Agile or adaptive methods. There's also, for each knowledge area, for the 10 knowledge areas, there's a, a preamble, so to speak. Uh, there's a yep. piece in there where you guys have, have taken um, – I think the uh, topic is called Considerations for Agile and Adaptive Environments. And there, you know, like if I look at the example of scope uh, for that knowledge area, for scope management, there's a nice uh, lengthy paragraph giving some perspective for what's different in an adaptive or agile approach versus uh, waterfall or traditional. Uh, So, you know, we can see, I I appreciate uh, the... Tone that you strike right from the beginning, which this is not the final. This is a this is the first attempt to start to blend in and, and see these pieces together.
1: This is the camel getting his nose under the tent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask one question. So, for many uh, for many practitioners, they're interested in any change to the pen block guide because they kind of see that as is uh, okay. This is this is the standard that I need to know. What about those who are still using traditional methods and now their their ears are up because of this uh agile change to the pinbot guide? What about the agile practice guide? Do you recommend to practitioners that use traditional methods should they take a look at that and why?
2: Well, um let me just say up front, I'm a little biased <laughs> because I did invest a ton of energy and um and frequent flyer miles on <laughs> on on it. Um it was built, written, designed exactly for project managers who are agile curious and want to start um, kind of picking up on the lingo and picking up on the vibe that these that these strange you know project management hippies are all about. And what's that? What is that? And and so it was intended to present uh, the the agile conversation um, in a way that could be accessible to project managers. And there's a couple of differentiators in my opinion that this this agile practice guide is the first ever uh, community authored non-commercial methodology agnostic publication on agile in the industry mm. and 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 those those distinctions are important it's community authored so that it's not just one blowhard know-it-all saying do it my way It's non-commercial, so that we're not out to make a buck here, although everybody says, PMI's just about making money. And, well, actually, it's a not-for-profit organization, so um, that's a nuanced conversation. And then, finally, it's methodology agnostic. Um, There is one graph at the end that says, oh, by the way, here are two dozen methodologies. That's not the point. Mm. Because um, a lot of um, professionals today live in the tangible And then we go straight to slot A, fits into tab B, methodology, tell me what to do next because I don't want to have to think for a living. And then you miss out on all the intangibles around collaboration, around adaptability, flexibility, about prioritization and tough business choices. That's the goodness that project managers should be facilitating is is that stuff. So all of that was written with an eye towards making it accessible to project managers. So my advice to somebody who probably thinks that they'll never – use an agile technique ever is you know what those little blurbs and the appendix we put in the pin box six might be enough for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a professional project manager absolutely should be aware of what's going on in the industry. But if you want to get kind of like a first take on it, you want to go a little bit deeper, um, have a more structured um, exposure to it, check out that guy. That's Uh, great. advice. And then that might be your first step to exploring where to go next. Maybe, maybe I want to go deeper In one of those methodologies or maybe I want to go deeper into um, one of those uh, soft skill areas Um, so the guide could be a good start
3: that's great advice Jesse and and I get that as we're growing as project managers we need to know about trends we need to know about new tools and we need to be aware of um, things that can make our life easier and better so good word I want to I want to ask another uh, question you were talking about advice What advice do you have to those who are going to take the exam with the 6th edition Pinbot guide? How much Agile do they need to know? And by that, you mean the PMP exam? Yes, the PMP exam.
2: The PMP exam. Um, I can um, share with everybody that the product uh, management, uh, the the product team for the PMI-ACP was actively involved. Um, There's absolutely plans to update the PMI-ACP at an appropriate time with the content from the Agile practice guide. The degree to which the um, agile content, the pinbot guide, um, or the agile practice guide is going to influence the PMP is yet to be determined, um, and and so part of that is timeline, but also um, part of that is is market strategy and 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 philosophy and, and things around that. So I'm Andy. What have you heard about when the Pinbox Six is going to impact the PMP?
1: Right. Um so what happens in a case like that it's an interesting cycle Jesse and it's it's changed a little bit over the years but what happens uh, almost immediately after the the updated Pimbot guide is released and adopted as a standard the exam will realign and so let me let me give you a trivial example of what that might mean for instance if you're um uh, and dealing with questions about risk. Well, in the fifth edition, they were called, uh, control risks. That was the process. And in the sixth edition, it's monitor risks. Okay. So the wording will change pretty quickly. And that kind of realignment happens just to make sure everything is, nothing's conflicting with the, with the current PMBOK guide. But mm-hmm. then there will be a role delineation study. And the RDS happens, and it doesn't happen in um, in the same cycle with the Pinbot guide. It happens later. So when the RDS, this role delineation study, happens, it's going to look out at the practitioners at what they're actually doing. And it's, uh, it's sort of a big survey study that they do industry-wide. And they come back, and then that will greatly influence uh, the uh, – uh, the the PMP exam. So a lot of people expect that the exam is going to change with the PMBOK guide. It does, but the initial changes right away are subtle, and they're just for accuracy.
3: Uh, Jesse, it's interesting too. The uh, because the role delineation study will, will not impact the exam content outline until a future date. Well, like Andy said, we'll see minor changes in wording and and uh, harmonization. I think is a big word that you guys used. As you were looking at, oh, I like that. You know, the the language in the Agile Practice Guide needs to be harmonized, consistent with that that's in yeah. the sixth edition PMBOK Guide. So there'll be harmonization both in terms of lingo and lexicon used uh, on the exam to match up with the sixth edition PMBOK Guide. And you know, PMI has also stated that some of the exam questions uh, are written by volunteers. So as those go in for the sixth edition of the PMP exam, as they see this is the sixth edition PMBOK guide as an approved source for uh, the for the PMP exam there's some agile in there so to your point there are those uh, those paragraphs those introductory paragraphs there's the appendix or annex in the back that's six or seven pages so those will uh, will be telling those who are pursuing the PMP exam to pay special attention to those and make sure they're familiar with the concepts
2: Right. So, um, in the fifth edition, the Pinbok introduced the the continuum of life cycles. Right. And that on one extreme versus another extreme, those are the kinds of things that I would expect any project manager to be aware of and to understand. And that continuum was, uh, an example of something that was reviewed and revised in sixth edition and also in the practice guide itself. And there was a significant amount of effort and drama over terminology alignment um, sure. between the standards. So um, it makes sense that that might be the first visible thing you start seeing. Um, but mom is the word as to how much and what kind of impact this agile stuff is gonna make it into the PMP and in what nature it'll be impacting.
0: Jesse Fuel, thank you so much for this opportunity to, to pick your brain. Obviously, these are conversations that will be ongoing. So perhaps we can have you back on a future podcast.
2: Anytime.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much for being with us today. We have a gift for you before we go, okay? Uh, this uh, is the Manage This coffee mug. It's, it's nice size. It will hold lots of your morning fuel uh, or whatever you'd like to put into it. So enjoy. <laughs>
2: that is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, it's always a pleasure chatting with, uh, with you guys.
0: Jesse, how can people get in touch with you?
2: The easiest and best way is to go check out my website, which is uh, my name, uh, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, fuel, F-E-W-E-L-L.com. And there are links there to my uh, my YouTube feed, my uh, my Twitter feed. And uh, there's, uh, there's a form there where if you want to reach out to me, um, we can schedule time together and all that
0: stuff. Well, thanks again, Jesse. Andy and Bill, thanks as always for your proficiency and your perspective. We have a gift for our listeners, too. Free PDUs just for listening to this podcast. To claim your professional development units toward your recertifications, go to Velociteach.com and select Manage This Podcast from the top of the page. Click the button that says Claim PDUs and just click through the steps. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on October 17th for our next podcast. In the meantime, visit us at velocityteach.com slash this to subscribe to this podcast to see a transcript of the show or to contact us and tweet us at manage underscore this if you have any questions about our podcasts or about project management certifications we are here for you that's all for this episode thanks for joining us until next time keep calm and manage this